Hello and welcome to another episode of Afrolog. Uh, it's me, your host, Oin, and we are a platform for sharing informed debate and discussion on African issues from politics to development and everything regarding um, Africa's current affairs, really. And today we have a full house, like a really, 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 really full house. And I'm so excited because I feel like the conversations are going to be dope. So, I mean, last time we had Kamisha. Kamisha, say what's up. Hi. And then we had um, Diana from Uganda. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And also um, Paige joined us. Do you want to just say hey? Yeah, I'm Ugandan too. Whoop. (laughs) And then we have our veterans, which is myself, which is also um, Dami. Say what's up. What's up, what's up? And then we have Bethena as well from TZ. From TZ. So we have quite a variety. We have quite a variety and we have a brand new addition. And guys, can we just give him a round of applause and welcome him to the crew? Okay, I'm just being totally extra right now, but please do introduce yourself to us. My name is Ade. Hi, Ade. How are you? I'm very well. From your name, I'm going to guess that you're Nigerian. Of course. Aye, aye, aye. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So we do have quite a mixed group. We have Zambia, we have Uganda, we have Nigeria, we have Tanzania present. So that's pretty dope. Um, We're just going to move on quickly. Like I said, the last episode that we will do like little segments just talking about, you know, things regarding maybe music or books that we're reading and whatnot. So does anybody have anything that they want to share in terms of like current African music they're listening to or books that they're currently reading? Oh, yes, actually. I'm listening to a, a really cool African artist. Uh, I don't know whether you guys might have heard of him. His name is uh, Fela Anikbulakbo This guy's a joker. You know that's me. <laughs> if you're African, you should have heard of Fela. And this is not even me being biased because he's Nigerian. But like he's a real like... Um, one of like the, the, the pioneers of Afrobeats, really. Um, I've got a cheeky question. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of like you know how people are comparing Whiskey and Burner Boy as the like fella. the new fella cutie? Is there a new fella cutie or like out of the two, who would it be? Or is that an insult to Awesome? That is a great question. Because <laughs> because you can compare their sounds, but their messages are different. Right? Fella was very much like a musical political activist. Mm. Whiskey is talking about wine now for me. Or do. That's <laughs> not for No, I think legends should remain legends. Exactly. And we should respect that they're legends and not exactly. compare modern artists to legends because they'll never be like them. I mean, you know? Fela's mother was killed because of his music. So no, we cannot compare Whiskey to him. Whiskey's music is great. I can vibe to it. Burner Boy also, I think he has a great sound. but yeah. And he actually admits that his sound is like very much inspired by Fela, but he's not... A reincarnation. <laughs> That's a reincarnation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to just to say, uh, the the Nigerian government disputed that about his mum. Of course, killed. they're going to dispute. They, they disputed it. the ver- that version of events. So, so what oh, happened yeah. to them then? <laughs> <laughs> I think they said. I think they said that she died, um, like she was just killed by rioters, or you know, mm. when they rushed the the house. Right. So they said that she was just killed by people rioting. That that was their official mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. When have African governments never lied? You know, <laughs> <laughs> they lie all the time. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so we're gonna just move on quickly. I think that was a nice, light-hearted way to just get chatting. Um, and our first, we're really gonna just go on and you know, right into the current affairs. A lot of elections going on. 
right now on the continent Zimbabwe, um, Nigeria, and apparently Rwanda, which happened to happen very, you know, under the radar that I'm literally just learning about it like five minutes ago. Um, and um, where else is it? Where, where else did we say it was going to? Uh, Cameroon. Um, so we're just going to lead with Dami um, on that. Um, couple points. Uh, I think I've spotted a parallel between some of the elections going on um, because they've just had elections in Cameroon and Paul Bia, who has been the president now for 37 years, uh, who has decided to contest again. Um, it looks like he's won the election. But what happened in Cameroon was there were 18 different requests for the election to be rerun um, because of uh, electoral impropriety. And the Cameroonian Council, I think that's what they call their Supreme Court, has said that uh, there was nothing wrong with the elections and it's going to be fine. So I just thought there's there's a parallel there between what we've just seen in Zimbabwe mm. with Nelson Chamisa complaining about the uh, electoral uh, irregul- ir- irregularities that he mm. called them. Um, and and there he was overruled and, and the incumbent uh, who's been there a long time has won again. So I think there is a parallel there. Um, coming up to 2019 for Nigeria, I expect essentially the same thing to happen. Mm. Although I don't expect it to take, uh, I don't expect it to be so fast in in upholding the referendum. I think it's going to take a, a Nigerians a longer process to to discover and to decide about whether they think the election was legitimate. But yes, um, sorry, I was just going to say I think it's worth noting that um, Cameroon's election is also marred by the fact that the anglophone um, part of the country were apparently banned from voting so essentially what does that have to say about democracy um in in cameroon and really on the continent really because there's a lot of separatist movements going on even like in Cameroon, in, in Nigeria, and, and in other places. So, and it's 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 caused a question because there's been a lot of like talk about whether or not there's a bit of a genocide going on mm-hmm. in Cameroon with a lot of the Anglophone um, Cameroonians being persecuted. Um, and so many videos have surfaced of um, soldiers carrying out extrajudicial judi- extra killings. Um, and really it's, it's, it's a state of panic. For two years, a lot of children haven't been able to go to school because of the constant um, um, persecution of Anglophone Cameroonians. So, I mean, I don't know if anybody else wants to, like, come in there and just talk about the situation in, in Cameroon. It's quite dire. I think there just needs to be, like, on the whole continent, from what everyone's been saying, a re-education of what democracy is you know, and how it has nothing to do with tribes or language because those are all things that we were told should divide us when mm-hmm. necessarily they never divided us to begin with. You know, the whole Anglophone, Francophone, Lusophone divide on the whole continent, I didn't realize was actually a serious divide, but it actually penetrates through different organizations and different establishments. Like I'll give the example of my dad and how um, he works for WHO. And for you to be head of WHO on the African continent, you have to be elected 
by president. So you have to be put forward by your president and elected. And he was just talking about how the person before him got elected. And he was saying he had to go to all the Lusophone countries and they had to discuss with all the Anglophone countries and come together against the Francophone countries so that you could have either a Lusophone or an Anglophone speaking person as head of the organization for the African continent because too many Francophone people had headed the organization. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that our language actually divided us mm. that much. Our colon colonizer's language, let me put it that way, yeah. divided us as a continent so much. And now hearing about Cameroon where, you know, the Anglophone, Francophone divide, you know, you're Cameroonian, you're all one country and one people. Why should language that isn't even our native language okay. divide us? Mm. You know, why are we, what's wrong with Anglophone people and what's wrong with Francophone people? Why should we be excluded because of the language we were forced to learn how to speak? I, I think with the continent, when I look at the continent as a whole, I think the biggest threat to the continent is the continent itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, there's too many interpretations as to how one community should govern the whole nation. So if you look at, for example, Nigeria, there's the Yoruba, you've got the Yibos, and everyone's got very conflicting ideas. And when African leaders get to the point to accept defeat, it's not an it's not an ugly notion, and embrace defeat as a almost a tool to influence other areas. Then that's when the continent itself can be successful. If you look at we have African countries that have been colonized previously, they've got independence, but can our continent be seen as making true progress when our people are killing their own their own? There's corruption. Mm. If you look at, for example, with Nigeria specifically with the elections, um, in Austrian state specifically with the Adelike situation, Mm. winning, then him not winning again, I predict that the Nigerian election will be a very bloody one. You can just see it when... Sorry, sorry. um, Can you explain more about that? um, The Austrian state. Yeah, elections. So... From my understanding, um, Adelike won the runoff to be nominated as the official candidate. Then for PDP, for P- and PDP yeah. yes. So I think INEC um, declared that there was inconsistency in terms of the, ro- the results. They held a, re- um, a runoff again and the APC um, candidate won, which did and I think is quite controversial when considering the fact that a candidate did win legitimately. But... The ruling party, I think, I think the ruling party are going to go on a campaign of just basically rigging the election mm-hmm. and it will be to the detriment. And I think Buari's main message was he's here to rid corruption, mm-hmm. but it seems that his party is doing the very thing that he he was elected to do. To do. I mean, uh, someone, I think it was on Twitter saying that it's crazy for a an incumbent president to be campaigning off of what he is going to do rather than what, what he's he has done. already done. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Because they're all talk, not ac- no action at no all. No action. You can't Abs- talk of what you've done previously. You can just give us false promises of like what you're going to do. But then when you get there, misappropriation of funds, oh. this, that, mm. expensive vehicles so being bought, same story over and over. should be in jail right now. Um, but the problem is us as people, not using, us as Africans, not using our voices. You know, yeah, look at the states make. and look here. They're so vocal you know if something's wrong they're gonna come out and speak about it Mm. us as africans we're so scared you know we're scared they're gonna come get rid of us Mm. you know we're gonna be muted we shouldn't speak like this we shouldn't disrespect our leaders you know but instead we should be vocal and coming out and saying what's wrong 
But how can you be vocal? And I think I say this a lot. But how can you be vocal when you don't know where your next meal is coming from? That should be an incentive. But then that's the thing. The political elite have put, are maintaining the suppression of people's voices by not giving them the opportunity to be able to um, explore what they can actually be, what their voices can actually sound like. Do you get what I mean? Like in terms of, okay, have you provided access to education that would allow these people to think outside of their situation? Have you provided the kind of healthcare that will allow people be able to live longer and have more healthier families and, and relationships that would allow them to be able to think beyond their current situation? Do you get what I mean? Like I get the fact that yes, we need to be more vocal, but how can you have a voice when you've not been given the capabilities for it? But you two have touched on something here. You're saying, how can we have a voice? How can we have a voice? You've just said the states have a voice and when something's not right, they all get together and they Mm -hmm. challenge it, right? You've just said you've got Yoruba and you've got Ibo and you've got this and you've got that. Like, I know we're like, oh, colonialism was a long time ago and we need to get over it. But these lot just bunched a bunch of people together and then left. And now, even if we come together... You don't like you're looking at your neighbor as someone that's not even from your country because of like you know a different language, a different culture, a different religion. Whereas English people is you know we as English people have been robbed, or even you know where I'm from in Milton Keynes is like us as Milton Keynes like you know we're not getting enough funding. London's again this, but in African countries like there isn't that kind of solidarity because there's too many identities and I don't know it's just all. Just but then how did we manage to come together and get? independence we mm-hmm. had that solidarity yeah. during independence the same way you're saying well we were suppressed we didn't have access to certain education mm-hmm. you know we weren't allowed to think beyond what our colonialists were doing but mm-hmm. we knew this isn't right mm-hmm. and someone needs to say something i have a voice mm-hmm. you know i'm going to riot i'm going to speak i'm going to march until someone hears that i shouldn't be hungry you know, I shouldn't be starving. You, We should look at our leaders as you have food in your belly. I don't. I'm hungry. I need to eat, you know. So I'm going to talk until someone gives me that food to eat. But the question is, I understand that point of view. But if, for example, your means of survival is that you need to work, you need to work because you haven't got a sustainable income. Political activism is not going to be the first thing in your mind. mind. The first thing in your mind is going to be survival for your family to bring food on the table. If you look at, for example, all of us here, we we live in a very structured country. We all do various things of our lives. We can think about political activism because there's a sustainable sort of income. It might not be dangote or or otodala money, but it's enough money to get us by. But for some people who are literally on the breadline, Political activism—they don't—they're not really interested in that. But I—I think—I think Kamisha is right with what she said earlier. I think that, what that's true, and I think that should be the motivation mm-hmm. to to in, to engage in that kind of activism. I mean, we call it activism, but we're not really talking about activism per se. We're talking about uh, just voting for standing, the right. standing up for yourself, yes. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you don't need to turn it into a career. I, and I think this is what Fela and Burner Boy were talking about when they said. Oh, I, I don't want to be part of that, you know. I want to enjoy. I want to apply. I want to <laughs> buy. Yeah, exactly. Is that? But yeah, but so you're gonna say that's gonna be your reason for for letting these politicians come in and do their thing again. Mm. So at some stage it has to stop. And I want to bring it back to the election again. 
um, because my opinion is that um, Buhari is 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 less corrupt than the, a lot of people around him, and I think that's true. Um, the, Buhari's problem is the fact that he's completely ineffective at everything else. You know? <laughs> not being the most corrupt person in Nigeria flies, isn't so. an award. You know, it's found, not a qualification. A fun fact between Buhari and Bia, Paul Bia of Cameroon. Mm. So you know how we say that um, our president in Nigeria is essentially just a travel blogger. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Paul Bia has been at that shit for yeah. time. <laughs> like he's out of the country like sixty Sensible days, hotels. out of like sixty days at a time. Like he, like he's none. Like he only comes in and does meetings like when it's necessary so that's just like the Zambian president does the exact same thing are you serious mm-hmm. so see Buhari is not alone he's only following the example that of has his been friends. laid in front it's exactly like legit but anyway like you know. sorry what is the name of the Zambian president <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I wish there was a way to show her face <laughs> his name is Edgar Lungu Edgar Lungu alright so we should Shout out to Edgar Lungu. Like, sort it out. <laughs> Get out of where? Where is he going? America or Europe? Everywhere. Just he bought himself a plane. He bought himself a plane. Thirty-seven point so two million pounds. Goodness. Custom private jet to fly around comfortably. Okay. Well, this is the thing. We um sometimes um we we make jokes about Oyin for her support of Kagame, but at least Kagame doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, and just to finish on the Rwandan election. Um, 61% of the people who've just been voted in in the new elections are women. And mm, so Rwanda does lead uh, as Africa. the country. Mm. Uh, no, the world now. The world. I think Rwanda wow. is amazing. Big up Rwanda. I think Big Rwanda up. is amazing. I think like, Kagame is amazing. I think what he's to... done with the country is amazing. Yeah. Yes, I And agree. His, his comrades, as they call each other, need to follow suit. I mean, <laughs> I feel like right now, and I know Dami is going to come from me and Kamisha. <laughs> but you know what? I am ready to take the heat. <laughs> because I feel like my support for Kagame is realistic. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, like, he... He doesn't necessarily see Western democracy, Western style democracy as a solution for Rwanda's development. I mean, mm. Rwanda was coming from a genocide just over 20 years ago, which mm-hmm. Honey is actually covering right now. And the stories are like crazy. Anyway, moving on. Um, um, they're coming from a genocide, right? And they basically needed, needed to not just build infrastructure from the ground up, but build love for country mm. and love and for love each other. Trust, yeah. And I think... Honestly, if anybody needs a Nobel Prize, I think Kagame Kagame does. is amazing. I really think for that, he has done a great job. I mean, the Ni- Nigeria has gone through a civil war that was on the grounds of tribe as well as power and politics. Yeah? But we still don't like each other. <laughs> and that is the truth. We still do not like each other. Our parents' but generation I mean, the, and even up to an, a, a point, we have certain sentiments against people that are not of your tribe. Mm. And that is the reality. But Kagame, to an extent, um, and one of my senior colleagues worked in Rwanda during the rebuilding of Rwanda post-genocide. And he said that the work that he did in terms of like getting rid of tribal identity mm. is mm. great. Getting rid of tribal identity, and, and, and I feel like a lot of Nigerians argue this, getting rid of tribal identity is not getting rid of culture. Mm. It's getting rid of the thing that divides us. Yeah, yeah. And I think and I think that is very, very important. We need to make sure that they are not convoluted. They are very much compa- they can they can be comp- compartmentalized, tribe and culture. Like to an extent. I know that to an extent it's like very 
was fluid, mm-hmm. but you can separate it. I'm not sure. Like that kind of sounds like you know modern liberal uh, tolerant thinking. You know, I just I feel. I mean, I don't need to be the same as someone to like them or to respect them. So, no, I don't think I, mean? I don't think Kagame was saying Tutsi and Hutsus are the same. Mm-hmm. He's just. He, I think he was just saying he's like, "There's no need for you to fight. Fight, you know. There's no yeah, need absolutely. for you guys to fight each other. And I'm going to put the securities in place to make sure that you don't even have any incentive to try and kill each other off. Let's not fight each other. Let's build each other. Mm-hmm. You know. And anyone that doesn't want to build each other, you're getting locked up, my yeah. guy. Yeah, but I'm just thinking of Nigeria and what Oyin said about kind of. Removing tribal identity? No, see, that's the thing. Rwandans, if you still ask them, are you a Tutsi, are you a Hutu? They will tell you which. But country comes first. I am Rwandan first. I am Rwandan first. Then my tribe. Yeah, but I don't think that really works. I mean, like what I'm saying is like... It's the same thing here. I am British. No, I am... Well, actually, to be honest, the UK is kind of messed up because, yeah, English, exactly. because English, if you look at Scotland, English people will tell you they're English. Yeah, exactly. And Scottish, and Scottish people will tell you they're yeah, Scottish. Exactly. But no, but those are because individual but, countries. But those are different countries. True, yeah, they but, are yeah, different. Yeah, you know. Scotland is... Scotland is independent to an extent, but Scottish people still have that pride of I'm Scottish Scottish. as well. Yeah, but Scotland is a country. Mm. Yeah, but it doesn't have political independence. Within Scotland, don't they have their own little languages that they speak? Yeah. yeah, they I have know, like... You see, there's Gaelic, Gaelic and then there's and another one. Celtic? Yeah, or something like that. But they still speak Celtic? They're Scottish. Mm. I'm Scottish. Yeah. And I speak Gaelic. Mm. You know, why don't we say... Why don't we say that? I'm English, okay? I'm Welsh. Okay, yeah, because they're separate countries. It should be the same with us. I'm Zambian first. Mm. Oh, you're Zambian. Okay, and what's your tribe? Oh, yeah, well, I'll tell you my tribe then. Mm. But it's not the first thing I'm going to say when I meet someone. Yeah, but I just think when a, when a drop of blood has been spilled, it's hard for you to even 40 years later to turn around and say, let's all come together. And I'm thinking of Sorry. the Biafran situation. And I think Rwanda has done a great job. And I understand, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand okay, their fine. population density is different. Which yeah. we, and, and in terms of like, even the country, like the, the tribal makeup, everything is different. So we can't say it's, it's a copy and paste situation. No, but if one country can do it and they've set a blueprint, mm-hmm. then we can build off of that. Mm-hmm. Right? I, it's I, hope for the rest of us. I, exactly. And what we need is hope. I do think, I understand what you're saying, but I think on a very family by family level, you would you will really need to change the way even children are brought up by their parents. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. On a state level, you can give an educational piece in terms of love your neighbor as you love yourself, see everyone the same. But ultimately, the president of a nation cannot go to every single person's house mm. or individual and say, love a Yoruba man the way you love a Yibo woman for example so I think to a certain extent it's quite idealistic mm-hmm. and practically can it be achieved I don't think so mm-hmm. because you would have to literally change how each family household um, but if you have the right systems it can be done look at racism okay mm-hmm. right a few years ago we were all divided yeah. All right. But the system, it was a trickle down effect from the top. All right. There needs to be equality. I can't obviously change what's going on in your household. But when you step out the door, best believe you need to respect each other. Okay. You need to be equal. As much as it's not perfect and there's still people who are racist and there's issues with race relations, you know, we know what the status quo should be. People who are racist know that I can't come out and be out 
outwardly racist because it's not correct. The system has told me and it's trickled down, you know, to me and to the, I guess, the grassroots to know that racism is not right, you know, and race relations have changed. And we need to know whatever happens in my house, when I step out, I need to be aware that race relations have changed. I need to be able to realize that I can't speak the way my parents were able to speak 20 years ago. It's the same with, you know, tribal relations. If systematically our leaders, our politicians don't make everything about, oh, this is one tribe and this political party is another tribe. If yeah. they don't bring tribalism into politics and they don't bring tribalism into education or healthcare or policies or whatever it is, us as people, the grassroots, we're gonna, it's going to trickle down to us. And eventually we're going to realize that, you know what? No one really cares what tribe I am when I step out the yeah. door. One thing um, uh, philosopher Slavoj Zizek, I can't pronounce his name, said, uh, he said that kind of these racial problems happen when you have comparative differences uh, in terms of the perception of who is wealthier. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a good example of that with, with uh, Nazi Germany when Hitler can turn around and say to everyone, um, well, look at the, the rest of the world. They have more than us and they're mistreating us because we're German. Mm -hmm. um, and the Jews are a special class of people who are taking all our stuff. Mm. Um, so, and, and I think it's true. I think if everybody was, you know, if everyone had the Lamborghini, then maybe we wouldn't care as much who was, you know, Hutu and who was Tutsi mm -hmm. and who was uh, Hausa and who wasn't. But one thing I'd like to do now is can we do a straw poll um, because one thing my dad, my dad came out with, he, he said something which I thought was a bit uh, prejudiced towards a, a certain tribe in Nigeria. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I looked at it, I said, dad, like, you know, it's not like, really? Like, is that, you're still, still saying that kind of stuff. So um, I just want to ask the people in the room, do you think that our parents still have those kind of uh, yep. uh, grudges against other tribes? Definitely. Or do you think that they're, they're moving on? So I'm happy to say yes. I'm Dad, yes. Mum, 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 yes, actually, too. I to think I think for me, on both parts, yes. But I don't think it's to a point where um, it will it will turn violent or mm. it will turn... But then that's because I know my parents, right? I agree. For But, but for some other people, it could be different. Yeah, but we, don't, but we don't need it to get to that violence. We yeah, but, need, I mean, but it's, before it's, we it's, get it's to the things. violence, it's still, we still need to change it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I, don't think, exactly. I don't think in my household, because I come from a mixed tribal okay. household. So, you know, my mom's one tribe, my dad's another tribe, and they're both, like, the extreme tribes that never really liked each other, uh, you know? But... Yeah. So it's not really in my household. There's not really tribal issues. I mean, now that I'm a bit older, it's kind of like, oh, your dad's relatives when you're getting married. Yo, yo, Kamesha, they have a problem. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. You know? <laughs> my dad. So hold on. You're, this is a real Romeo and Juliet story because obviously it's two tribes that normally wouldn't have, have mixed in that way. Yeah, they don't really... Or maybe my parents' generation was the first generation where they actually were mixing okay. like that, you know. So they were the ones who went to university in the city and they were all meeting each other okay. and mingling. So they yeah. all ended up, you know, mixing yeah. with each other. But it's just those little things like the relatives, you know, how the relatives are going to deal with certain milestones in your life, like mm. naming children or getting married or, you know, those are the issues that come up. But other than that, you know, it's nothing really big. Okay, but they mm. 
So where I'm from, like, it's not really a tribal thing. Like, tribes intermarry and, like, everyone's okay with that. It's more of a religious thing. Right. So most people do make comments. Like, when you're chilling with Christians, <laughs> they make comments about Muslims. <laughs> and then when you're chilling with the Muslims, they make comments about Christians. Right. So that's the major tension. And um, I know Diana and Paige, y'all haven't really been talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like there is, obviously, tribal tension. And it's expected, but it's, like people talk about the bad differences. And if you talk about the good as well, this is how we're different. That should be celebrated. Mm. But sometimes I feel like there's always that attention on the bad side, the bad side. And that I feel is what causes tension. That's what causes, causes bloodshed. And it just should be like, yeah, we're different, yeah. but let's celebrate that more. And that's how I see like marriages working in my culture anyway. You can come together as long as you're just celebrating like the differences and the fact that it's good for, good for each other, basically. Yeah, and Paige. Yeah, I just feel like, um, yeah, for me, I don't, I don't really see it as much. I don't see like tribalism as much in Uganda. Like, I, I don't think it's as prevalent. But I do agree with what you're saying, and like, um, yeah, I just think that it's, it's an issue. It's with Ugandans. I think it's more like they like to discuss stereotypes of certain tribes more than mm. like actually having like a hatred towards um someone that's not you know from the same tribe as you. So it's more like, oh, this tribe is like this. That, mm. And this tribe is like that, but not so much. So it's more like whispering rather than actually like having that. So I, I agree with you as well, yeah. but I also see it in a sense that when my family talk, it's like we never see our people in power, and that's always mm. caused like there's a difference, and it's like yeah, because yep. yeah, when you said you were from undertones yeah, and, the, and it's just like we need to communicate like, about yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah, like, when you said you were from Gulu, like I I don't because I'm not from Gulu, obviously I'm like from I'm a Baganda, yeah, but like. I don't care. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I just feel like you're Ugandan. I'm Ugandan. Like, you're my sister. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. But um, as you said, that's really true. Like, a lot of people, like, from the north, they're not represented. As you, Like, for example, in Uganda, they're not represented enough. And there's not enough engagement with them. It's just like, oh, you're from the outside. It's mm -hmm. like you're cast outside or whatever. So as I said, it's just like those stereotypes are just continually, like... But then that's how it starts. Pull out, you know? Because if you look at the Humans of New York stories, one of the guys who was interviewed in Rwanda said that at least 20 years even before the genocide, one of the first sort of incidents that he saw of the Hutu-Tutsi tension was a Tutsi girl being stripped naked and her pubic hairs plucked out of her body in front of the whole school, mm. essentially. And so it's those things. It's but like you see that Hutu Tutsi tension. That is colonialism. Yeah, that is, it's resentment. A lot, a lot of the tribal tensions are as a result of colonialism. No, but the Tutsis and Hutus, it was really bad. From what the research I did, Tutsis were always put in positions of power. The same thing happens in Nigeria. Yeah, but, the, no, but, but it's because they were lighter and they were easily mm. identified as being lighter and the Hutus were clearly darker, mm. you know. So there, I, in Rwanda, I heard it was really, really bad. Like, mm. the divide mm. between them was horrible. You would have, you would never have a, a Tutsi maid, right? It, the maid would have to be Hutu. Hutu. Wow. Tutsis were the ones who were teachers and, you know, doing, I guess, the good jobs. The Hutus were the gardeners and the maids and the ones cleaning the streets. So I think with the Hutus and Tutsis, it was really, really not traumatizing, but 
they just had a certain level of anger because mm. it was so evident that the colonialists preferred the Tutsis, you know. It's and like every the time mulattoes and the darker skinned mm. exactly. people in America. We, we put that one on the Belgian government. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was a meme that Patena put up on her Instagram. It's like Belgium in Europe, meek little quiet little the cute little country. Dinosaur. And then and wow. then and then and then Belgium in Africa is like a massive, Godzilla. you know, fire breathing freaking yeah. oh Belgium. Belgium and the French. One day we need really to sit bad. down and talk about Belgium. <laughs> like they are a problem. They're in, they have been a menace to the Congo, to the whole of Central Africa. It's it's anyway. Let's let's not <laughs> let's not go there. So, yeah, I mean, this discussion is sort of stemmed from, you know, the election issues that, have, that are, you know, currently happening in, uh, on the continent. And um, one thing that I'd like to highlight quickly in the Nigerian elections is how and why <laughs> we are at a crossroads between Atiku and Buhari. These are people who were in power during the military regime. Okay. And somehow, God, I don't know why you keep these people alive, but they're still <sighs> there. Now, today, in our 2018 supposed democracy, when there are people like Yele Showere, there are people like a Kingsley Mogalu, who are the only maybe two people, and then maybe Eunice, but she is, she's very like question Shout mark. Shout out to Eunice. She's, she's very like, Eunice. she's very, <laughs> she's very like question mark, like a whole big question mark. <laughs> and like, uh, what's his name? Donald Duke. Yeah, and but he's, he's good, but he's corrupt. Sorry. Donald, Duke, Do Donald Duke is good, but, but he's, he's corrupt. Of course, of yeah. course. He's How been a governor. and corrupt. <laughs> That's <laughs> Africa. That sums up Africa. Yeah, exactly. I think it does. No, like but the best he's, of... he's got sense. Like, okay. he, he's competent. Yeah. Right? Well, that's what I mean. Like, he's, yeah. he, he knows... He knows political strategy yep. and he knows the country and he was a good governor. Yeah. He, he was a good governor. By but measurements he, of... But of, he's corrupt. Yeah. Like, he, he does play around. You see how our expectations are so low that... Oh, wow. <laughs> no, but then that's the thing with polit politics everywhere. I feel like here in the UK, in the US, everything is like, at least just do your job. Do something that we can say thank you for because we know you're siphoning money anyway. But do something that we can say thank you for. Don't yes, just don't just siphon the money and keep rubbing it in our faces. We want faces. good corruption, oh, not bad not corruption. See, that's the thing. Can I pose a question? Can I pose? Should no, but this is serious. Like, sh should we be idealistic? Should we actually say? Like, should we actually have a zero tolerance policy, yes. or should we say you can steal a bit as long as you I do stuff? You because that's outrightly say you cannot, erad you cannot you eradicate corruption. Corruption is e eradicable, if that's mm. even a word. <laughs> but yeah. like, it cannot. It's not going anywhere. There's corruption in the states. There's corruption in Europe. Yeah, there's corruption in Asia. It's not in your corruption. No, it is from Boyan. I mean, look at look at the UK and the Carillion issue. No, but like. We've got um, leaders that are literally sending their children abroad, flying all over, living. The same in thing amazing, is happening in the UK. Half hotel. of Parliament, if not eighty percent yeah, of Parliament, but at least they're educated. Yeah, at least they're present at some time. But then those people are paying from their pocket for eating. My guy, you no, have no, eaten no, money. No, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, but at least like, you know we're not living below. Like, at least African yeah. politicians it's, it's aren't exactly. sending their children to eaten. My guy, eaten. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is Tanzanians, Australia, Oxbridge um, graduates. So like, 
the fact that you're living in these fancy hotels that are not even African fancy hotels, mm. do you know what I mean? At least give yes. your fellow African oh, that yes. pee, yeah? You're going to Sweden and God knows where to hole up in a little hotel room um, and then just appear one day in the lecture day and give us a fish. Don't <laughs> make sense. Techno in his song, just shout out to Techno, by the way. I'm not actually like, I'm, I'm really just a fine girl. Te- techno in his he song, perform, I think sorry. Rara, I think it was Rara, it's like you still... He said something along the line of like, at least if you're going to steal the money, steal the money and spend it in your own country. Yeah. Thank you. Jiggers. At least steal the money and let it still contribute to you're your country's economy. Pirates and selfridges. You know, day. I'm, I mean, there's a new law that's just sorry, sorry, Adi. There's it's a fun. new law that's just coming. I think already mentioned it when we were talking about it, like before. Um, um, the um, unexplained wealth order. Yes. 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 I yes. Love they it. are coming for your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to steal your daddy's house in London. They're going to seize it. So just, you know, go and tell him and warn him. Let him get prepared. Yeah, I think it's actually really interesting, that one, because it gives them the power to, to freeze all assets without, until you've effectively explana- explained yep. your wealth. Yep. Um, and that's the basis, because this has happened before mm. when um, uh, some of these guys from Nigeria have come over here with all the money and like bought houses in Knightsbridge and stuff. Mm. And then we've come, the Nigerian government has come um, who was I think this was when uh, Goodluck Jonathan was president mm-hmm. and he came and he said okay can we have the money back and the British government turned around and says uh, well you need to prove that it was that it was taken from your country right mm. so Madness. when we have like legal uh, things like this it means that we're, it's, it's easier to get the money back mm. because you can't then have it in the first place without it, uh, the basis being explained Adi was, was going to say something sorry. but on the point on of corruption and being in politics, if you look at, for example, just human nature, generally we're all self-seeking human beings. And I don't personally think that if you're in the institution of politics that you're not going to eat. Mm-hmm. But I do think that... But at least they made sense. Like, if you're buying an expensive car, make sure there's a road for you to drive that car. Amen! Louder for the Make sense! Make sense! When these lot, yeah, like we've all watched shows like yes. the thick of it or whatever when they're taking the piss out of European oh, politicians but they make sense do you know what I mean like the corruption makes sense when you Zanzibar, buy 42 million dollars worth of fire trucks make sure you have water to put in the fire truck <laughs> you know damn it it's just there for decoration then you know what I mean? no, again I think Buhari's that leader I don't think Buhari's taking anything by the way. again uh, yeah he's uh, been on holiday uh, mate of course uh, like he's uh, taking pictures uh, in front of the London eye he's skinny and he looks like he's about to die it doesn't mean he's innocent ah uh, no oh yeah that's deep man we don't do facial (laughs) he does look frail i mean he is frail he does look frail oh look at you look back in your but just on 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 the point of what what was said before i 100 i i don't necessarily believe in people that buy private jets for example and just live very excessive flamboyance if that makes sense Mm. i take on point if you're gonna buy an expensive car make sure the road is 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 well so in the, roads in, the, the roads in Surulera are fine. Like, the roads. Uh, no, it's Zanzibar, yeah. Let Surulera. me tell you about Zanzibar. Oh, Fam, oh, there's sorry, always sorry. different parts. Like, 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 there's Lekki and there's Lekki. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um. Anyway, like, I feel like we've 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 like <laughs> exhausted. Like, well, not exhausted because there's actually still a lot to like we can go on about. But um, just um, we're gonna just move on, like, just quickly. And uh, it's still gonna be on um. Nigeria and it's going to feed into something really interesting as well. It's going to be on Nigeria. So Chase about. Chase about. Chase about. 
relatively recently, like maybe two, three months ago. Um, or maybe two months ago. I don't know. Yeah, recently. <laughs> um, the finance minister, Kemi, what's her surname again? Kemi Adey something. Adey Osun? Adey Yeah, finance minister of Nigeria, who just recently resigned on the grounds that she falsified her NYSE certificate. And for those that don't know what that is, NYSE means Nigerian Youth Service Corps, which is basically um, a constitutional... Yeah, it's a constitutional duty that every citizen who's graduated before the age of 30 has to go through for, for them to have access to legitimate job. Oh, so really. it's mandatory. It's very mandatory. So you oh, guys have know. to do it as well? I ain't doing that shit. Yes and no. It's, it's, <laughs> I have to do it, but I'm not going to because I don't have plans to move back to work for a Nigerian company. No, I mean... Essentially, you can you can avoid doing it if you go and work in Nigeria as a foreign person working exactly. in Nigeria. Or but you can as be a Nigerian pregnant citizen and get working an in Nigeria. <laughs> if you graduated before thirty, you, you have to have. So it's have like to national, national service, like yeah. learning, like the yeah. army yeah. stuff. Yeah, and mm. it's and it was created because. Um, After the civil war, because one is because oh, we just had the civil war, and if we need to go to war again, we need people to have a basic kind of abilities in terms of being able to run mm -hmm. climb and you know some basic fitness things mm -hmm. and also as a unification thing yeah so people those, those, those mixing from different parts of the country of yours, they know how to run and climb and ah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's true that's true that's so true. what are leave uncle alone <laughs> uncles yeah, yeah no i'm saying yes, have you seen their pot bellies yeah but th no. those guys wouldn't have had to do it those guys wouldn't. no they wouldn't yeah because it wasn't it only came in in 1973 so oh. they didn't have to do it. Uh, fun facts, uh, Barbados also has that service. Brianna and Chantel actually did it. Apparently Chantel was Rihanna's superior in the Barbados service thing. Wait, Chantel, the T-shirt The one, this T-shirt girl. Yeah, the T-shirt Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Rihanna did it. She served her country. Cool. Um, also, Sai, the one that sang Gangnam Style. He did it as well for South Korea. It's Ooh. also mandatory. I know in Israel also. It's Israel, Gogodo. Yeah. Um, yeah, she also had to do that. Is Israel one military? Yeah, I think Because I know, I know Jewish people who, they get this this thing where that's they get American. to go there on holiday like they just go on yeah, it's a <laughs> holiday I don't know no, it's well, American Jews um, get funding to go okay. back to, to Israel go, to find oh. out about Israel and things like that interesting so, do we get to go back to Africa and see Wagwan that's the question well that's anyway. well anyway um, what was I going to say yeah Gorgodo's side there's some even like South South Korean footballer that was exempted for some reason blah 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 so yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah, sorry 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 Hyung Min Son. Yeah, yeah. Was I couldn't say was his name, was, but I didn't wanna... was exempted because he came, he did well in the, he won uh, the Confederations Cup, I think, in yeah. football. So he got an exemption. For um, that. Because yeah, they, so it, it counted to him as service yeah. for his country. Apparently, like if they win a gold medal or something. Exactly. Yeah. Apparently, Sai actually had to go back and do it oh. twice. <laughs> He had to go back and do it because I think the first time he didn't complete it or something. So, Niger it's not a foreign thing essentially that's no, the point that's yeah. the point i'm driving at because greece does it as well but i think it's only men and it's like military and stuff so it, nigeria is not the first country doing this right and it's a great in in in, in if we're going to be idealistic it makes sense you know to get the country back together to get people to see parts of the country that they normally wouldn't because nigeria is the kind of place where if you're from lagos most likely the only thing you really really know is lagos 
except you have the means to like go back and forth or have calls to work in other parts of the country, right? And in a, in 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 and in if you say that to a layman, that makes sense, you know. But the execution of it is problematic, and I found out that. And I'm not lying to you. $194 million is allocated to Nigerian NYSC as the budget, right? On an annual basis. I think it's on an annual on an basis. To annual make you basis? lot run and jump. What? $194 million. Dollars. That is a that is a shit ton of that money. That money is not going to that project. Of course. <laughs> and and the remuneration that they pay to people who serve, and I wish Rashid was here because he has, he has served. And so he would have been able to give us like a, insight into what actually happened maybe maybe he'll tweet about it i don't know um the people that do serve they get remuneration right per month and it's nineteen thousand eight hundred. i don't think that's up to like 40 pound a month right um yeah for something you're forced <laughs> to do yeah nineteen thousand eight hundred. yeah but so what happens i if think you don't i think do is it? that is that just the camp stage no 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 is that, that is the whole throughout thing? Because I know people who made more than that. That's the... if the company that you end up working for agrees okay. to pay you more. But as a standard, nobody earns more than 19800 So what happens if you don't go? Like, you know how you guys have the option to go back as foreign workers. But what if you choose not to I don't. To there's no, there's no, like, if I don't have any cause to move back to Nigeria and work as a Nigerian. No, but as a Nigerian yeah. in Nigeria now who doesn't have that option. And they choose not to serve to do this. It'll what, be what difficult for to them, them to find work. Is it like treason? No, oh, no. no, no, no. It's not treason, but no, it'll but... be difficult for them to find work legitimately because it's part of the constitution. Like you have a duty. So long as you've gone to university and graduated before you're 30, you have to do it. Yeah, and this is this was the Kemi Adeosun situation. Exactly. Are you but the, the difference with Kemi Adeosun or Adeosun, whatever, she is British, mm-hmm. oh, okay. but is Nigerian by heritage, okay. right? And she only moved to Nigeria, I think, maybe in her 30s or something, for the first time or something like that. And somehow, you know, and the thing about the NYSC is you can pay the right people to get you a certificate without actually doing it, Mm. right? And I think that's what she did. And the person who went about doing it for her obviously didn't tie up all the loose ends and somehow it's come out and she's had to resign. My major problem with it, right, is... First of all, NYSC, I think, is a waste of time, waste of budgetary allocation, because Nigeria has... Disagree. Whatever. Nigeria has 12 million children, 12 to 13 million children out of school. And our education budget does not match $194 million. So why is $194 million going to the NYSC, where they are paying people way below what is a reasonable wage... Right, and the uniforms that they wear on average cost between fifty thousand to seventy thousand naira, but you are paying them less than twenty thousand naira per month. Right, I'm just trying to think about these things on like a logical perspective. Right, you want us to serve our country, you want us to be a bit more patriotic. What are the incentives that you're giving for people to actually be happy serving their country? A lot of people do it, and I was reading reviews because straight after uni, the state of unemployment is so large that you have no other choice. But to just go and serve for the year and end your 19,800 naira a month. You get? And then after that, you hope to God that you just find a job. If not, that's no income for you. But why does Dami disagree? I think it's a useful program. I mean, in, in ideal circumstances, I mean, in principle, I'm not against having a program of national service. Th- that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think that itself is a bad idea. 
obviously we need to look at the budget and it's it's being it's clear that this is going to be used to line certain people's pockets, pockets yeah um but I think in terms of the Kimi situation, mm. just like to kind of explain it a bit more, she was the finance minister, which is like a Philip Hammond or a George Osborne. And she right? was effective. And okay, okay, fine. That, but that's to the side. So she's finance minister and she's appointed by Buhari. So she's in England and Buhari says, come and do this job for me. And the thing about it is she was, I think she was actually over 30 when yeah. she when she graduated. Mm-hmm. So we, everybody in the country knows that even if that she wasn't, she wasn't, she, she wouldn't have had to do the NYSC anyway. It wasn't that she was defeating the, the point like that. It was that the certificate she used, the exemption certificate she used was fake. So we know that she wouldn't have had to do it, but you still need the certificate to take to the, your employer and say, this is my exemption certificate. I, I am exempt. Mm. That certificate was fake. Mm. So the problem then becomes two things. One, why does she need a certificate? Yeah, because because, because she works she's... in she's she's finance minister, mm-hmm. right? Okay, but the argument can be made just for the sake of procedure, she should still have the certificate. Fine. Two, the problem is you. So the problem is then on Buhari. You're the president of a country, mm-hmm. and you want to appoint someone as your finance minister, mm-hmm. which is maybe the next most important job in the country. Mm-hmm. And you, you're not smart enough to finesse the situation in such a way that one, she doesn't need the certificate in the first place, or two, after we found out she's got a fake one, you can't get her an original certificate because everybody knows that she wouldn't need one at all. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So my thing about this is, why are you so inept? You're the president of a country. Not only cannot you, not only that you cannot bring someone into the situation and to work for you, but you can't get past the political fallout of oh she has a, a fake certificate when everybody knows she doesn't need one. And that, part, why can't you finesse? Why can't you? <laughs> why can't you finesse? This is where this is where we need you to be corrupt over small things like this. No, 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 no. It's true. It's true. Over small things like this. This is this is the time where you can use a bit of influence. Make a phone call just allow the situation mm. but when it's time to go to the treasury and loot the whole the whole thing then they know how to do you know what but i mean then, but then uh, the thing that infuriates me the most is the fact that people actually i'm actually surprised because there's so many incidences of corruption that so many people have gone scot-free and no one's necessarily had to resign or whatever but kemi resigned because of how much talk not even scrutiny because we already knew it was fake Jigget. Mm. But how much talk was going about it? And Buhari was not backing her up. Maybe it was just like he making was an not... example. Making an example the, of her. And cause... the problem with that is she's a woman. Yeah. And <laughs> the fact that she was an effective woman who has now been made an example of when we have a president who we are not really sure his school certificate is, is actually complete. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? That's another So speaking about that, in, um, in Zambia, they tried to oh put it into the constitution, okay, that presidents must have at least a diploma Okay, in from a university, not even a degree, just a diploma to be able to be eligible to be president. And there was so much outcry because everyone said, but a certain generation didn't have the capacity to go to university and get... Then that generation is not supposed to be in Exactly, that's what I was saying. You don't even know if they have a grade 12 certificate, let a grade 9 certificate. At least, let the certificate just be real. We cannot verify Buhari's own. (laughs) (laughs) So... You, you, you guys are yeah. making me want to go um, on Mark Foley. I, 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 I was going to say something. Get receipts. So my question, my question to you is, 
Are you saying that if, for example, it was a male that had this situation, he would have gone scot free? He, he would have gone scot I think there can would I, have I, been, can, been, been more talk bin. about it because this thing went on and on. Like they were murmuring so much about it. When see, see the people that we have in our Senate, do they even have law degrees? Do no, they have don't. law degrees? But my my question. I, I'm not saying I disagree with your point. I just yeah. want to understand why. Because when I look at it, just this is the first time I've heard it. Yeah. Um, that specific um um news story. When I when I've when I've listened to what people have said today is she had a fake certificate. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't legal for her to be able to to have it. Therefore, she had to resign. Mm. It just seems just pretty black. It just seems pretty black and white mm-hmm. procedural. Yeah. She had to yeah, step down. Yeah. Um and. Just my gut feeling telling me now is it has nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman, mm. and if it if it does has I honestly no, 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 it, it no, might no, not no, have no. anything think, to do yeah, with yeah, the fact okay. that she's a woman, but it reflects like you know what we were talking we were talking about this earlier about how a lot of times like when someone in a particular demographic does something right it reflects on the rest it sort of like represents the rest no, of that I don't, demogra- I don't, I don't demographic. So. I, I don't think Nigerians will think, oh, women politicians are now no, corrupt you, because no. of... I think the I point mean, is we that... I mean, we're in a situation whereby in our Senate of, I don't know how many people, we only have seven women, right? Over uh, over a hundred um, senators <clears throat> and we only have seven women, right? And we are... I'm not saying that, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that faking faking that was right or whatever. I think my real my real issue is, first of all, she was a woman and I feel like it's really sad on a personal note, okay? Maybe on a personal note that it was a woman that was scapegoated in that way, right? And secondly, it really discourages a lot of diaspora people like myself who would honestly, if I had the opportunity to move back to my country to serve in a dignified way, I would, right? But I have to think about caveats like this that i haven't spent since i was about 12 years old in that country yeah i haven't they haven't necessarily contributed to the rest of my education or anything like that yes i am held back sorry by this scheme that is not run properly right and if i were to say take the easy way out i will get chastised for it. it's like it's like what message are you are you sending and it's also it's like it's a, it's a thing where like it's not just Kemi Adesio even David O he went for the first day of camp right and then the next day he was doing his tour like what message are you sending across is it only the elite that have access to not be able to abide by this law or is it for everyone I think sadly um it's just the way the status quo is. The elite can... It's double standards, really. And it's sad. And there needs to be almost a culture shift. But we need to understand the people who are already in power can get away with things that maybe normal citizens, unfortunately, can't. Um, there has to be complete Then it shift. needs to be applying... Ugh, man, it, I'm just like, if, if Kenny had to resign, Buhari never should have been voted into power. But then the thing is, is like what Dami said um, initially, Buhari's clearly not witty enough to be able to, to regulate the situation. See, that's the problem. But, but that Buhari couldn't step in and sort it out because this is the kind of thing I don't mind you being a bit dodgy with. Like, I couldn't care less because we about know she, she didn't... No, 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 because we know she didn't have to serve. Mm. So about the certificate, like, okay, the certificate she submitted was fake. I don't mind if 
you have to go and pay someone then to make a, a real certificate for the sake of getting her into power. I, I don't mind. But I don't think the issue is that she was treated a certain way because she was a woman. I think it's the fact that because she's a prominent woman, mm-hmm. uh, woman, then Bahari should have said, oh, this is one of the only women we have in the administration, so we need to protect her. I think mm-hmm. that was the... the, the and I do think that Bahari should have shown more respect to her, especially because of her status, <clears throat> to make sure that the onboarding process of her assuming her position, especially because it's a very sensitive position, mm. he crossed all the dots and the and, and, and the and the T's. Yep. And for anyone in the for anyone in the future, if you're called by the Nigerian government, anyone, it's simply to make sure that you you do your own due diligence and say, <laughs> hey, you want to pay me X, but have you got your house in order, admin, mm. your your administrative house in order, so I'm not announced then following day someone resigns and I look like an idiot publicly. Mm. Yeah, it's been an awesome, awesome, awesome conversation. I feel like when we start talking, I never want to stop. But um, thank you guys so much. I think this episode has been great. I think that we should hopefully get a lot of conversations started. Um, Please do follow us on our social media at AfroLogPod. In our posters, we should put in our individual um, Twitter accounts if you want to reach us or Instagram as well, just to get conversations going and ask us any questions. If you're interested in even featuring and being a part of us, that would be amazing if you're from like, you know, other countries in Africa that are not represented here today. So that would be dope. Or Um, on LinkedIn if some of you have impressive jobs. Okay. Oh, yes. (laughs) LinkedIn. LinkedIn is well, well, my full name is Onyi Kosala Life. All right, then. Awesome. So, thank you so much for listening, guys. This is Afrolog.